San Francisco 49ers destroy the Pittsburgh Steelers week one, going into Pittsburgh, pulling out the W to start the 2023 season, 30-7. to All the highlights, all the instant reaction, and game balls from week one coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to everybody joining the live chat here post game and that hang out with us every day here uh, with Locked On 49ers, all of the everydayers. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by... Our friends at LinkedIn Jobs. At LinkedIn Jobs, you can find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Wow, Croc. Uh, I don't know that things could have possibly gone better for the 49ers than they did in week number one. Uh, all the weird vibes, it seems like, that ha- that were kind of following the 49ers around all offseason long. I was like, is Brock Purdy going to be back? Okay, Brock Purdy's back. Oh, now what's the, the, the Trey Lance thing is weird. Man, what the worst trade in NFL draft history, right? Nick Bosa holdout going into the final week before the season. Then you get Nick Bosa signed. Then you go into Pittsburgh, and all systems go. And that that switch was flipped, Croc. And we did our projection, projection our, uh, season prediction show on Wednesday. And it was before Nick Bosa had signed. And I was like, man, this could be a 10-7 and seven win team. And people came at me like sideways on that. I was like, that's a playoff team. The 49ers are going to be good. But there, there's, there could be some weirdness to start the season. Maybe you're going to run into a buzzsaw, a team in Pittsburgh that's supposed to be so ready to start the season. They played their ones more than any team in the preseason, right? The 49ers have started slow in recent seasons. And I said, look, if you get Bosa signed and come out of Pittsburgh with a win, it's a very different vibe to start this season. And now we're talking about, picking the the over on the win total for the 49ers season. We're talking about this team is Super Bowl ready and uh, and going to be fighting for a one seed. Now, a lot has to happen between now and week 18 and talking playoffs, Croc, but I don't know how you couldn't be more excited about what you saw on the field from the 49ers in the opener. There were a lot of things that I was kind of paying attention to. I don't want to use the word worried about, but definitely taking note of as it pertains to the 49ers against the uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers, kind of certain matchups. We talked about Kyle Shanahan versus, uh, you know, Mika Fitzpatrick, which clearly was a non-factor, or uh, Terrell Austin versus Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel. And Austin is obviously the defensive coordinator for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That did not matter. <laughs> you know, like just all these things were going in the, the deep ball, right? I was like, man, 49ers defensive backs, like, you know, like them turning and running. That's something I'm worried about. Like Pittsburgh, you saw in the preseason, they were really working and emphasizing, like stretching the field, throwing the ball down the field. That was not an issue. Uh, Drake Jackson, we were talking about where is he? And and we didn't know, you know, this is a guy who had three sacks in the first half of the season and then ended the season as a healthy scratch. Like, is he going to be good? Like, if he is, then okay, then there's not going to be an issue with the D line, but. Man, like, we don't know, right? Like, we don't know. Three sacks for Drake Jackson. Brock Purdy talked about the elbow injury, and I had somebody kind of going at me on Twitter, like, oh, don't be a, a Purdy fan now. Like, you're doubting him. And it's like, it's not 
not doubting him. I just don't know. Like I, I like I, I was not able to commit on exactly what he is. But then he goes in and yeah, look like Brock Purdy, right? Like you know, like that that's good. Like okay, so uh, I think a lot of the things that I was worried about, or at least had thoughts of, what is this going to look like heading into the game? It ended up working in the 49ers' favor, outside of probably McKivitz, who and again, I mean, I guess that kind of looked more like I thought it would. He got kind of got destroyed by TJ Watt. But aside from that, everything that I was like, oh, man, okay, I'm questioning, like, what is this going to look like? It ended up working out in the 49ers' favor. Yeah, it's amazing. If I told you before the game, Croc, okay, the only thing you get to know about this game is that TJ Watt's going to have three sacks. Two of them are going to be fumbles. How do you think this game's going to go? <laughs> and I would have not said 30-7, 49ers dominate every other factor of the game. A, a lot – a lot closer than what it ended up being. And this game was kind of never close. It it took up into the final draft of the first final drive of the first half for the Pittsburgh Steelers to get a first down. At midway through the second quarter, they had one yard of offense. I mean, you want to talk about a defense and really kind of dominating. And it was very clear from the jump, and I was watching the game with my my bro, Donald, who's also, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He's like, man, we got, we got thrash. I can't even jump on the podcast with y'all. But, you know, we're watching the game, and one thing was very clear. Kenny Pickett's, his clock was sped up. That, that's why you see him kind of throwing the ball behind guys, maybe throwing balls before he wants to. And you can attribute that to a good pass rush. I thought the 49ers, they were very consistent. Really just were pushing the pocket, even if maybe they didn't get to the quarterback, but pushing the pocket, closing it in, moving it off his spot, making him have to make plays on the run. I thought they did a terrific job of that really throughout the game, even on plays where it felt like he had a lot of time. But the coverage on the back end was really good. And he's trying to, you know, buy time and, and kind of scramble a little bit to make something happen and just couldn't. So uh, even from that standpoint, man, it was like Kenny Pickett throughout this game. Obviously, again, we, we put an emphasis on, man, team looked good in preseason. Five drives, five touchdowns. They brought that up on at the beginning of the broadcast where it was like, hey, regardless, preseason or not, like five drives, five touchdowns. Like, that's good. Like, they're heading in the right direction. It did not matter against the 49ers. I thought there was two drives that were the biggest drives of the game. The one was just the opening drive for the 49ers. You go get a three and out on, on defense, give the ball back to your offense, 49ers, shorter field, just dicing them up. Pretty perfect three of three. Offensive line is blocking in the run in the pass. Debo involved early. McCaffrey involved early. Um, Kittle with the key first down catch and run. And then the touchdown to Brandon IU just knifed right through him. All of a sudden, if you can go into a uh, somebody else's house and just make it look that easy, get the ball back three and out, go down and score like it was nothing and really deflates the whole building, I thought that was massive for the 49ers and, and it looked like it was going to be a complete blowout when it was you know 20 to nothing. And then you mentioned how inept the, the Steelers' offense was the whole first half, but then all of a sudden they have that 95-yard drive, go all the way down to the field in the second half to uh, – to make it a 13-point game, and this was like – it didn't feel like it was a 13-point game, right? That's one bounce, a big play. All of a sudden, you, you even uh, – maybe the Steelers have a lead after a couple of series in the second half, you know, with with uh, down only 13. But the 49ers take the kickoff in the second half, and I think this was even bigger than the opening drive, and they just slammed that door again and said, yeah, guess what? This place is about to get real quiet when McCaffrey had that long run and uh, and that that was huge for the 49ers to say, no, nope, you're not coming back in this one. That last drive, man, and Ambry Thomas 
like just watching him and and he didn't play in the second half, but I actually tweeted out in the first half. Amber's playing a little soft. And you know, I'm really big the way I train train my athletes is we're we're reading our keys and our keys are going to take us to the ball and it's going to take us to the player as well. So if I'm reading my keys, right? If I have even if it's cover 3, but two goes away and one goes vert, I can squeeze one. Or if two goes away, whatever one does, I can squeeze that because he essentially is now man, even if we're in three. All right. So, like, those are the things I'm kind of looking for. Like, how tight of coverage are you playing? Like, are you challenging yourself? And I didn't think he was challenging himself on that drive. So they moved the ball. There, it's kind of pitch and catch throughout. And it's like, okay, maybe they're in prevent or whatever they're doing, but you're going to give up some points. Now, I see in the chat and I see I've seen it on Twitter, Lenore, man, like, you know, that penalty, like he kept that drive going, he gifted them a touchdown. And I, I again, I can, I, I can, I can acknowledge uh, Ambry Thomas's fault in, on that drive. But what I'm not going to do is blame on uh, Diamador Lenore because he was in the slot. They were on about the seven yard line. They called illegal contact. If they wanted to call, if they call holding, if they call pass interference on the defense, then okay, you got zero issues with me. They called illegal contact on him where he made contact at like the three yard line when the play started at the seven illegal contact. That's a five yard. This is like, you have like five yards to touch a guy. He touched a guy around four slash five yards and then got his hands off. They call illegal contact. I said, that's BS. And that was a third down play. So there are a lot of people blaming Lenore. Oh man, he gifted them a touchdown. It's like, man, like watch it again. They were at like the seven slash eight yard line. I thought he made contact at right around the right spot. And even if they do throw that flag, let's say it's right at five or like five and a half, that's so ticky tacky in the sense of like making contact with the player. So uh, I think there were soft coverages at different times. That that penalty there, I thought was, I'm not putting that on Diamond Lenore. We got to give out game balls, Crocs. So many more notes, including uh, that 49ers secondary in this football game and what a what a showing it was for Steve Wilkes' defense in his first game as defensive coordinator. Game balls, 49ers, Steelers, week one, next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Super simple. All you do is you add the uh, add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile, and it spreads the word that you're hiring. Then utilize simple tools like screening okay. that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Croc. Uh, I'm going to throw out my very first game ball on this one, and it is to Brock Purdy. And there's one specific reason I want to give a game ball to Brock Purdy. We, we, we are not allowed to say anything positive about Brock Purdy because we did not know exactly how well he would play. And, you know, we brought up different, uh, you know, I guess uh, ways that it could play out. So because of that, we can't say anything positive 
about Purdy. That's what I've been told. Well, I, I think those people that tell you that may have not have heard our podcast from uh, about a week and a half ago, I think it was, when it was clear that the Trey Lance was on the way out and Brock Purdy was back healthy and the guy. And it was all of the reasons why Brock Purdy is QB1 and why he is the real deal, as Kyle Shanahan called him. So for those folks, go back and listen to that podcast. And uh, and and really, the, the biggest thing Purdy did, he had a nice line and a really good game, right? But this is more than a game for Brock Purdy to me. He was 19 of 29 passing, 220 yards, a couple of touchdowns. You know, Most of that passing yardage came in the first half. But two big things. One, he looked like the exact same guy we saw at the end of last year, right? There was no like, oh man, he kind of regressed or doesn't look like the same guy, doesn't look confident in his arm. And that arm being the other thing. It was a really awkward play when uh, when TJ Watt came around the corner for the strip sack and Brock Purdy's like corralling the ball underneath his body and there's a pile on top of him and his arms caught underneath him and even got up from the pile and, and they the 49ers held on to the ball because of it. Uh, and he came... They, they, they challenged the play and Brock Purdy's kind of like twisting. It didn't look like he was messing with his elbow, but he's like, eh, maybe kind of even my wrist or something. It looked like something might've been bothering him after that. He got hit again, hard by TJ Watt in that game. There was a couple other times he got hit and he came out of it completely unscathed. His arm looked fine. Uh, he, he did go a stretch without completing a pass after that play. I was waiting to hear a report that, Oh, they're kind of checking out Brock Purdy in the locker room during halftime. But you didn't get any bad reports like that. He came back out in the second half and started throwing the ball just fine. So um, Brock Purdy passing every test you could ask for, which is a huge factor for this team with all the playmakers they have. And um, a lot of people want to compare him to like Joe Montana. And I made reference to that on, on Twitter, just kind of having some fun and, you know, or Drew Brees or whatever. Do you remember who I comped Brock Purdy to last year, late in the season? No. He's a basketball player. Oh, uh, um, from the Lakers? Nope. From not, the, not Reeves. Yeah. I compared him to Reeves. I think his Reeves. Oh, that's right. I, I compared him to John Stockton. Okay. Point guard, facilitator, but then can make a play when you need him. He can hit that three, right? He can make a play when you need him, tougher than you think he's going to be. And um, that's that's sort of been my comp for, for Brock Purdy. And he showed that. He showed everything he showed last year. So a uh, huge stock up for Brock Purdy. Love the way the 49ers offense looked. And first game ball goes to Brock back from injury and looking like exactly the same guy pre-injury. That, that's, that, that's a good one, right? And we talk about Brock Purdy, and that was kind of the not so much the biggest question mark, but you know, I talked a whole lot about you know other players that we've seen like start their, you know, have a stretch where they're playing extremely well. All right, from the Lakers F out of here, Croc. I go, hey, chill out, Greg, in the chat. All right. But um you know, I talk about Brock and, you know, him playing well down that stretch. And, you know, I threw out some other names of guys who, you know, did well starting off, but then had a kind of like this coming down to earth, whether it was Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought we talked about him. Five straight wins, started the next year, did not look great. Three interceptions on the road against the Vikings. One was a pick six. Uh, didn't look good against the Lions. Didn't look great against the Chiefs as well. Right. We So we saw that. Um, I also mentioned some other guys, Dak Prescott, who he was Officer Rookie of the Year. I thought he played exceptionally well. The next year, he struggled to throw for 200 yards in a game. Did not look good. All right. Um, there was another guy I mentioned. Gosh, can't think of his name right now. But the, the Minneapolis Miracle. All right. Who is that quarterback? See, I can't even think of his uh, name. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Where Case Keenum that year 
They, I think he went 11 and three as a starter. Like he was good. And then the the, the Broncos were like, "Hey, we're gonna make you the starting quarterback." And then like he was trash, right? So my thing was more so more so. I'm just cautious of crowning a guy right away. I see he does a lot of things well, and if he continues to be the guy that he was last year, then we we got something. We're cooking. And I'll tell you what, I watched this game, and he came out, and he's hitting these throws, and, you know, gets the ball to Debo Samuel, and I'm telling my bro, like, he's looking like he did last year. Then he starts to make some plays on the move, and he made some throws, like, you know, dropping his elbow and doing all kinds of things. I said, this is Brock. Like, this is just Brock. So I actually made it in my notes. Uh, we probably can't see. I have a bunch of notes here. But in my notes, it says, Brock Purdy is who he is, which essentially is saying what we saw last year you don't have to try to say, like, well, is he going to keep playing like that? Like, no, that, that's just who he is. And he does a lot of good things. He hits the guys that are open. My, my bro is complaining. These guys are wide open. And it's like, the, they're going to have those in the 49ers offense. But the good thing about Brock is he sees it. And there were times where I felt like, whether it was Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's like, man, like, there's these guys open in certain areas of the field. And, like, like the quarterback just maybe just didn't see him and ends up throwing an incompletion. Brock was very consistent with seeing that guy throwing an accurate ball and hitting those guys. And I think there's going to be more explosive passing games for him. Barely threw the ball in the second half. But when he did, he did a good job. And I can't wait to talk about Brandon Ayuk next. Is that your next game ball, Brandon Ayuk? De definitely. Brandon Ayuk every year has kind of taken this, like, okay, let me add this part to my game. And each year we see him, like, destroying guys in training camp and I'm like, okay, like this is the year. And then it's never the year. But there's always these one things where I'm like, you know what? I just want to see him improve on like this part of his game. And when we continue to look, Jimmy Grubble got hurt. I'm watching it. I got the well, Raiders yeah. game. In the chat, we're getting some real-time information that Jimmy Garoppolo, first quarter of the Raiders game, already hurt, apparently. No, he's he's in the game. He's in the oh. game. I see him. All right. So um, gosh, threw my whole thing off. But Brandon Nayu. Yeah. He has consistently added to his game. And the last part I was waiting for him to add before I crown him as just this pure wide receiver one, and not just wide receiver one on the 49ers because he's the best, like, pure receiver for the team, but wide receiver one on any team. Like, could he potentially be on a team that doesn't have a wide receiver one? Like, could he be their wide receiver one? So I don't, I don't expect him to, like, go to Minnesota and all, all of a sudden unseat a guy like Justin Jefferson is wide receiver one. But could he go to another team and be like, no, like, I'm the best receiver on this team because I give you everything. And the last thing I was wanting to see was that contested catch ability. And everything else he did, like, he's open, he's running routes, like, good. He scores two touchdowns, like, good, that's him. But when he caught the touchdown with Patrick Peterson all over him, I said, oh. people were, they're in trouble. Because now he's doing, if he's going to do that, and he had those opportunities before and just never came down with the rock. But if he's going to do that, then you're in trouble. And the way that they, and I don't know if it's they emphasize getting him the ball, it's kind of hard to tell with Kyle Shanahan. Was it just the game plan where today, Ayuk is a guy where whatever I saw against the Steelers, you know, and how I wanted to attack their defense. Ayuk was going to be the guy. Next week, it might be Kittle. The week after that, it might be Debo. I don't know. But if they continue to do this every week, now that's going to open up a whole nother can of worms. Because how do you let this guy go? Right. You know, when it's clear, it's clear what he brings. It cl it's clear that he works a different level of the field. I was really kind of just bracing myself. Now, they're not going to be able to pay Brennan Ayuk. But it's, 
if he continues to play like he did today, you will have to figure out a way to pay Brandon Ayuk, even if that might be let someone else go that you have paid a good amount of money to, a.k.a. Debo Samuel, who next week he might go for 200 yards and then I might be, you know, I don't know who the hell they're going to let go. But you got to figure out a way to keep Ayuk if he's going to keep doing these things. So um, he's checking off all the boxes right now. Definitely a game ball to Brandon Ayuk. I agree. I got it in. You showed your notepad. Mine's a little bit smaller. Can you see my notepad? But yeah, uh, <laughs> and, and, and there's two things that I, I mentioned here. Obviously, the touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk and the the stat line, which was was awesome for Ayuk, leading receiver, eight catches, 129 yards, the two touchdowns. But um, one contested catch, right, Croc? That was that was a huge part of of his game. You talking about adding things to his game? Contested catch is one of those, and the block on McCaffrey's run that won't show up in the stat sheet. A D cleater block, right? That's not a touchdown run without Brandon Ayuk and Ray Ray McLeod, by the way, that, that was healthy in this game. Uh, so absolutely, Brandon Ayuk, another game ball for the 49ers week one against the Steelers. We got tons more game balls to wrap up here next from 49ers Steelers week one game ball action. Touch, touchdown Jimmy Garoppolo on their first drive. Just threw a touchdown pass at Jacoby Myers. There you go. Comes out of the <laughs> and throws himself a touchdown pass. That's we, the, the entire Jimmy G experience early for the Raiders. All right. More game balls. Niners Steelers next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers brought to you by FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed, no matter if that first $5 bet wins or loses. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. I love the format, both app and on the website. Build your own parlays. So fun, so easy. And you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and I found myself looking up what those odds were going to be for the 49ers to win the Super Bowl after they started off hot. That might be a hot bet, and you better get those odds quick because they might dwindle a little bit after the week one performance for the 49ers in this one. Bet on tons more there. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. How about this for a game ball crock and I want to give it to the, at first I wrote down just the, the defensive backs. You talked about how Donald, and by the way, pouring out for Donald and, and his Steelers this year, they're supposed to be the same. He, he's right here. He's on the couch. He's sad. Oh he's yeah. Sad. I, can't, I can't imagine how he feels right now, but Niners receivers were running open and Steelers receivers weren't. And uh, there was numerous times when, when uh, the, the first sack for Drake Jackson, that was a coverage sack. That wasn't like, Drake Jackson beat his man originally. There was nowhere for, for Kenny Pickett to go with the ball. Same thing on the next third down when he threw that interception. There was nowhere for him to go to the ball, so he kind of threw it up to one of his guys and hoping he could make a play, and, and he did not make a play for him. So uh, I want to give credit to the defensive backs, which you mentioned in the second half. It was uh, Diamond or Lenore on the outside with Isaiah Oliver back in the slot, and there was no more, uh, no more Ambry Thomas. And I don't know if we've heard if that was an injury or if he just got benched. But um, another big question mark this year for the 49ers coming in is what was the defense going to look like? The run fits were a little weird in the preseason, new defensive coordinator. So instead of just going with the DBs, I'm going to give a guy with a defensive uh, back background the game ball, and that's new defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Still the best defense in the league, Croc. It looked like to me out there. With the 49ers. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and part of that, whether it was the defensive line, whether it was the back end, or even that second level guys with Fred Warner and those guys, and we saw Fred Warner get his hands on the pass that ultimately ended up getting intercepted uh, for the 49ers. But I think the one thing that we've talked about, and I was a little disappointed, especially with their showing in the preseason against the Raiders, where I was just like, that did not look like a well-coached team. And that's the one thing I always hang my hat on with the 49ers. Offensively, well-coached. Defensively, well-coached. Special teams, that's typically kind of up and down, which today it was down, but that's for another day. But they were well-coached on the back end at every every level. And I think the guys that you need to kind of be the leaders with that, they were. Fred Warner, I think he kind of set the tone right away with just how you're playing. And, and again, I'm watching, my, watching the game with my bro Donald. And Donald's talking about how, like, man, like, Fred Warner, like, chill, bro, like, chill. Like, you have to be in on – try to be in on every tackle. It's kind of roughing guys up. But he kind of, like, sets the tone. And there was a play at the end, and we're talking about the back end and coverage, but he made a tackle on George Pickens. And Pickens gets in his face. He gets in Fred Warner's face. And at this time, it's like, dude, we're just trying to get out of here and make sure everybody's healthy. Yeah. But – Fred Warner is just like unbothered by this guy in his face. Like, right, get out of my face, man. But he sets this tone. So even with the guys in coverage, and we watched Dre Greenlaw with some open field tackles, you know, that all starts with coaching. And from Robert Sala to uh, D'Amico Ryans to now, you know, uh, can't think of his name right now, defensive coordinator. Uh, Sala, Steve Wilkes. Yeah, Steve Wilkes. All right, there we go. Uh, all these changes and stuff. But to Steve Wilkes. <laughs> One thing is consistent. These guys are playing at a very high level defensively, and that was really fun to watch. Absolutely. And I, and I think one of the names on my list is Fred Warner, too. Yeah, he's the best linebacker in the NFL. Greenlaw all over the place and aggressive as well. But Fred Warner, what he does, the thumping tackles, the sideline-to-sideline side range in the run game, his ability in the pass game, his tip is what led to the Hufanga interception. By the way, dude, I lost my – what was Donald thinking when, uh, when Hufanga – Pitch the ball ball back after the interception. That was like just kind of <laughs> a little bit. That was like ah, I was I was dying laughing when he did that. I think by that time Donald was over it. Okay. The, the writing was on the raw wall right away. So by the time we're talking about late in the game, where you know you got the interception and then you pitch it back to Tajay Gibson, and yeah, by then Donald was over. It. He was sitting down by that point. Early in the game, he's standing up. He's yelling okay. like he's excited. Uh, by you know a few drives in. He was sitting down and, and and wasn't too excited about what was going on. Man, you know what, Croc? Pre-game, my next game ball is going to go to a guy that I saw uh, on one of your pre-game um, your pre-game pick'em plays, and and that is Money Moody. And I was thinking, man, dude, coming off an injury, couldn't make an extra point in the preseason. You went out there putting money on the 49ers rookie kicker, Jake Moody. And he came through for you, hit everything in this game. Another question mark that that passed the test for the 49ers, the game ball, Moody. And did you win some cash on that one? I, I did not win cash, but f- not because of him. It was for <laughs> for other reasons. But, no, he he did. He did a terrific job, and I'm kind of looking. I know his points were supposed to be – I needed six points. So the way I saw it was 49ers going to move the rock. So they're going to move the rock. They're going to get in position to, to, to score points. Can they move it enough for him to, you know, kick two field goals and them score one touchdown? Like, I know that's going to happen. And obviously, he had to kick three field goals, was 100%. 
and did a terrific job on the extra points as well. So he far surpassed the amount of points that I needed him to get. But um, that kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, someone in the chat says, hey, man, you like, you know, Crock, or he might have said both of us, but I know for me for sure, you picked the Steelers to win. And I was wrong. I, and, and I knew, I thought it would be a close game. Like, that was the most important thing. I know, like, 49ers are well coached. At these, but I saw enough red flags in, in like, preseason and things that are going on where I'm just like, ah. And then, like, Steelers, it looks like they're kind of heading in the right direction. And I'm like, man, like, you know, Mike Tomlin, they're in Pittsburgh. You know, this should be a close game. Or Steelers win. A lot of the people on TV were like, yeah, I think Steelers get this. And they did not. The 49ers are who, we, you know, everybody thought they were. Or, like, were the 49ers are who people thought they were supposed to be. So, yeah, that'll probably be the last time I ever and, even and get close to picking against like, the Niners. <laughs> I keep coming back to this. All of the questions, Bosa signing, new defensive coordinator, weird kicker stuff, uh, Brock Purdy, arm injury, small sample. Everything was answered, at least in week one, in a positive, affirmative fa f fashion, except for the Colton McKivitz thing. We'll see what he looks like against non-all-pro defensive player of the year type players like T.J. Watt, because T.J. Watt beats the best of them. Uh, but you know, kind of that right side of the offensive line, if, if you're side eyeing something, it's pretty much that. And every other test, the 49ers passed Sunday, yeah, yeah. I uh, watching this, and we talked about that as well, right? Like that, there, there was a lot of talk in like kind of like this negative context around the 49ers, and even you know, your head coach Kyle Shanahan, where he's like, Man, it's kind of weird for him. And I said, You know, the one thing that'll fix this, just go handle business against the Steelers. And everything that happened in the offseason will become a non-factor. And they handled it. And I would assume from here moving forward, nobody will talk about anything that happened prior to September 10th. Like, it's just not it's just not an issue. They came out. They handled business. They played well on both sides of the ball. They handled business. They got whatever question marks outside of McKibbins, whatever question marks you had, uh, they're not question marks anymore. It's like, no, I think these things are solidified on what they are. So uh, moving forward, the 49ers are in a really good, really good place. And that was just kind of what I alluded to before, the expectations of the 49ers. Because even with us, our, we don't talk about the 49ers as a team that can potentially be good. We talk about the 49ers as a team that is good. Like this is a good like right. yeah. the expectations for the 49ers is not the same. I was watching like Washington and Arizona, and it looked like a Washington and Arizona game. Those teams don't have the expectations of the 49ers, so we're not going to talk about them the same. For the 49ers, we do have to kind of point out things that hey, like, yeah, this team is terrific, like they got a loaded roster. Where can it go wrong? In every area that I thought it could potentially go wrong, potentially, it just did not. And I think more times than not in this game, which is why I still, even with question marks, predicted them to win 12, 13 games. And we just talked about that on one of the last episodes. I fully expect that. Now it's like, well, can they win? Can they win 14 games? <laughs> you know, can they right. go 14 and three? And those three losses, like, why do they lose? What does it look like? Because heading to the playoffs, those are things that you want to continue to kind of chip away at and, and make sure that you're sharpening those areas up. But those are the expectations, at least that I, I have, for the 49ers. It's not... Arizona, Washington, and what I watch from them, it's how how is this team going to win the Super Bowl? And I even asked you a question. I said, you know, we're going to, you know, why are the 49ers not favorites? And you're like, well, the quarterback position. And I'd say outside of the 49er fan base, most people would agree with that. I think after this game, 
most people are going to say the quarterback position doesn't look like an issue, <laughs> and the 49ers might be favorite in the, uh, their favorites now. Like I think they there there might be that type of jump because you just needed to see it, and it's like I saw it. Cool. Yep. Saw it. Um, a, a lot of you might want to tune into Monday morning's Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Matt Williamson covers the Steelers and uh, he, he might have to uh, to eat some crow and, and might have a little segment on on why Brock Purdy is so much better than Kenny Pickett. And so uh, that's going to be a fun one there. Uh, a few more in the chat. I don't know if you have any more game balls you want to give out, but uh, I, there are some funny ones in the chat. Yes. Multiple people calling out Patrick Peterson saying uh, if he's ever going to tell us what that tell was. He did get his hands on a couple of balls. And, um, but yeah, he got beat for a touchdown, got a, got, a, got his ankle broken. I know his foot kind of slipped against IU, but yeah, overall, Patrick Peterson might've needed to say less before the game and, 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 and talk more after the game. Yeah. Um, I did have another game ball that I wanted to give out and I don't think we gave a game ball to, there's two guys, CMC and Drake Jackson, like CMC, he was terrific. And he did a lot of the heavy lifting on that big, long run that he had. I think that was like the longest touchdown run over the last like couple of years. I think that's what they said, something along those lines. For the 49ers? No, for any team. Because it was like an 80-yard touchdown run, whatever it was. it was. It was a long run. It was – yeah. how long was that? Hold on, I got it right here. That was a 65-yard touchdown run. Yeah, I, I'm not sure maybe that there's been a run that long over the last year or so. Wow, I did not hear that. That's yeah. I heard them say something about uh, uh, along those lines. All right, but regardless, that was a terrific, terrific job of kind of like coming in, and the guy comes in, he doesn't wrap up, and he spins off the tackle, then he makes a guy miss, and then you got IU lead blocking, which you talked about earlier, pancakes a guy, and then Christian McCaffrey does the rest. Like, but even outside of that, he was terrific. He did a good job pass catching as he usually does, even though he didn't catch a ton of passes, but he did great. He definitely. McCaffrey's vision, man, that's the thing that jumps out to me. Like if the hole's there, he's going to find it and he's going to hit it like a, like a maniac, like his, his effort and his vision uh, as a runner is, is definitely special stuff. And, and everything he can do, obviously as a, as a receiver, which he wasn't even used that much in this game as a receiver, three catches for 17, but, um, and treated like a bell cow. He was like, hey, let's, I don't know, man, 25 touches a game when you're up big in the fourth quarter. Uh, he does that too much. Kyle, that's Kyle. Keep him healthy. He's like, what? Just give the ball to, to Elijah Mitchell. Like you, you are up big. Why even risk it? Like th- those are the things that he does, and he did that with Elijah Mitchell. Remember, there was games yeah. Elijah Mitchell had broken ribs and banged up knee, and you know whatever else going on. And Kyle's like, yeah, you're still gonna run the ball 27 times, even though we're up like 20 points against the Rams. And it's like, why? Why do you do that, Kyle? When you have a, in, in, even now you have less of a excuse because you have Elijah Mitchell who runs well behind Christian McCaffrey. So I was very uh, confused by that. Uh, we got my guy Damon in the chat, and Damon says, Crocker, you do not defend Brock's positives the way you did Lance or even Darnold. Uh, you literally told the entire barrier last week that you are not convinced he is the guy. I think we kind of spoke about this, right, about being convinced. It wasn't so much about what he uh, – for him, the, the questions are different. It's more so about like, can he just keep it going? Like that's what I wasn't co- convinced by, and it wasn't even so much about being convinced that he couldn't do it. It was just about me just seeing him do it. So once he does it, like okay, I'm, I'm convinced. Like he's good, but I just need to see like man, can, like there's time off. People are watching him. Does it matter? And clearly, it looks like none of it mattered. And he played well, and he just looked like Brock. And again, I point to my notes here, and my notes say Brock Purdy is who he is. 
which essentially what we saw last year and his positives in the sense of just who he is are things that uh, you have to see if people are going to catch on to because is there a changeup with it? And I don't know if he has a changeup, right? Like there are some guys, and I can watch Trevor Lawrence out there, who obviously he's super talented, number one overall pick. He does all these things. And I saw him do some special things today. Even if he doesn't have his fastball, he can have like a changeup to it. My thing with Purdy is if he doesn't have his fastball with, I think his fastball is just seeing the field well, getting the ball out of his hands. If someone tries to take his fastball away, what's his changeup? Because he's not the talent of Trevor Lawrence. And I think today he showed, even if I don't have my fastball, which more times than not he did, I can still do these things where it might not be like an amazing curveball, but it's good enough to where I keep the ball out of harm's way and then I live to fight another down. And then on that next down, I can get back to the things that I do do very well. And I was very impressed by that. So definitely will make that clear. Appreciate the uh, comment, Damon, in the chat. But man, I thought he was, I thought he was awesome today for who he is. And again, we're talking about, 220 yards. It's not like he had a 400-yard passing day. But for him, I don't need him to throw for 400 yards. Four Niners don't need him to throw for 400 yards and four tugs. We just need him to do what he did today. Today, And if he continues to do that, make some plays off script, uh, extend some plays, throw for 220 to 240 yards, I think he's going to be more than fine. The 49ers are going to be more than fine. Absolutely. A good point here. James in the chat says, I just realized they never said Minka's name. He was a non-factor. Super non-factor. And I kind of, I, I put in my uh, notes, things that weren't a problem. And I put Minka Fitzpatrick. Because <laughs> that was a guy who I was like, man, you got to kind of keep the keep him away. And, and you know, can you how can Kyle manipulate him and, and make him see something that's not there and then him attack something? And maybe somebody that shows the all 22, if Kyle did something that kept him out of place. But ultimately, he was someone who, throughout the game, it was like, not worried about him. And uh, you mentioned Drake Jackson, and we we talked about him earlier. But yeah, the 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 last game ball goes to Drake Jackson. Huge to have someone to go with Bosa, especially in this game where Bosa was looking like he's a little bit gassed at times. He was kind of it was kind of his preseason game for him, right? Trying to get his legs under him. Thirty something snaps he played, and to have a guy like Drake Jackson who he still looks like Bambi a little bit, like arms and legs all going in different directions. I don't think he's. Um, I don't think his his skill set is quite honed to the point of being a, a true stud player across from Nick Bosa, but he's one of the few guys the 49ers have coming off the edge that can close on a quarterback, which is huge. So, um, yeah, you're you're absolutely correct, Croc, in wanting to give the, the game ball to Drake Jackson. It's huge having a guy that can come in and get you some sacks. Yeah. A few questions in the chat about the $41 million in cap space. Will the 49ers go get a right tackle? Are they going to go get some other, make some other huge move? Will I know who they won't be getting. Who's that? Kirk Cousins, because that was oh, yeah. something yeah. that was kind of looming, right? 49ers got a guy at quarterback. <laughs> they do. And uh, that's another thing that I think we can start to put to bed now. Thankfully, about the Kirk Cousins talk with the 49ers, very unlikely uh, to happen. But they do have some money to do a lot of things. Why do they have so much cap space? Why do they do all the restructuring right before the season? We'll get to that stuff later on in the week because we'll be with you every day as we do. Shout out to all the everydayers. If you're not, make sure you are subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Croc and I back tomorrow right here, Lockdown 49ers.